Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Did you know that you can claim CME credit for many of the TMA Practice Well podcasts? Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash CME to go. That's www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O to register for your podcast and follow the instructions to claim CME. Policies and Standards of the Texas Medical Association, the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, and the American Medical Association require that speakers and planners for continuing medical education activities disclose any relevant financial relationship they may have with commercial entities whose products, devices, or services may be discussed in the content of the CME activity. The planners and speakers of this program have nothing to disclose. Please be advised that the information and opinions presented as part of this podcast should not be used or referred to as a primary legal source and does not replace the advice of your healthcare attorney. Welcome to today's program, Keys to an Effective Business Plan. I'm Heather Betridge, TMA's Associate Vice President of Practice Management Services. I have been in healthcare for going on 25 years, and I direct all consulting, reimbursement, and educational activities, products, and services. And today, I'm going to talk about business plans. How many times have you had an idea that you thought would make or contribute to a great business? Maybe you recognize a gap in need that has gone unfulfilled, or you identify an industry niche that hasn't been fully developed. You know, every great business started out as an idea. The difference is that some people are hesitant to explore their idea further or don't know how to take their idea to the next level. The process of turning an idea into a business can be daunting. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, it can be outright off-putting if you don't know how to get started or what it will really take to make the idea come to fruition. And this alone often deters some people from taking those first steps. This is where a strong business plan comes into play. So today I'm going to talk about what a business plan is, what the purpose is, and what is it's intended to help you do or achieve. I'll discuss the various types of business plans and give real life situations in which you might need one, help you visualize your plan in order to help you get to writing, 
walk through the components of a general plan for a new business, and then I'll close with some tips for success. Per Wikipedia, a business plan is a formal written document containing the goals of a business, the methods for attaining those goals, and the time frame for achievement of those goals. It also describes the nature of the business, background information of the organization, the organization's financial projections, and the strategies it intends to implement to achieve the stated targets. So meaning essentially it's a document that serves as a roadmap or plan that provides direction to the business. And this is a plan that requires preparation, research, and real thought, as it's not a short, you know, one to two page document. In fact, depending on the scope, most business plans end up being 15 to 25 pages long. So why is that? Well, because business plans need to include enough information and details to help you define your specific mission, vision, and goals, to determine the objectives to reach those goals, and assess the available resources and needed resources to help you make decisions. It'll also help you create a contingency plan for managing change, because I assure you, not everything will go as planned or happen exactly how you want them, no matter how much you plan. And then it'll assist assist with assessing operational feasibility and financial viability. So when might you need one? Well, there are many circumstances when you may need a business plan, such as um, applying for a loan from a bank, making improvements to an existing business like um, purchasing, say, cutting-edge expensive capital equipment or adding a new service line. You might need one for expanding your business by adding a new location across town or into another market altogether or searching for investors. So where do you begin? First, Determine what it is that you're wanting to do, because this will home in on the type of business plan you need to develop. Depending on necessity, specific individual components should be included. For example, is it a plan to launch a new business? Maybe you are currently employed by a large group or hospital system, and you have decided that you want to start your own uh, new private practice. You need a written plan that conveys your plan in words, but also a financial plan, which shows your financial projections with uh, charges, revenue, three years of operating expenses, and three years of cash flow uh, for loan procurement. This will show when your venture becomes profitable or when you start bringing in more revenue than than what you're spending. Maybe you're um, already in practice and you are experiencing rapid growth. You'll need a plan to help you determine if your practice can support bringing in another, um, say, physician partner or hiring a non-physician practitioner. 
Is it the right time? And do you have the patient panel size to support the addition? Or let's say you're in an area where staffing is a challenge and you are considering outsourcing your billing. You need a plan to outline the feasibility and viability of outsourcing this crucial function of your practice. Or maybe you're wanting to add a new service line, like to start providing on-site uh, x-rays or physical therapy, or maybe adding a, a cosmetic line uh, with fillers and injectables. After you determine what kind of plan you need, start mapping it out visually. So think of it as a pyramid and work your way down from the top. Start by identifying your mission. What is it that in the end you want to achieve or do? So it's your ultimate goal, the sole reason for the plan's existence, and it's timeless. So for example, our mission here at the Texas Medical Association is to stand up for Texas physicians by providing distinctive solutions to the challenges they encounter in the care of patients. Um, another example, let's say you are a fertility specialist. Your mission could be to develop and provide the most current technology to enhance and simplify the experience of patients with fertility challenges. And then you have a vision, and that is, what would you consider to be long-term success? For example, at TMA, our vision is to improve the health of all Texans. And if we achieve that, we would consider our work to be a success, a fulfillment of our vision. And then you have goals and objectives. Goals are typically achievements you want to attain longer in term, like in three to five years, and they have a pretty broad scope. An example may be to be the leading clinical facility in the Austin market, offering cutting-edge surgical technology leading to quick and healthy recoveries. And then your objectives are shorter in term, say within one year. Or sometimes objectives may be a smaller achievement within the scope of your bigger overall project. For example, a practice objective may be to simplify the process for patients of electing diagnostic and treatment options. An objective may also be something you want to accomplish within a specific department within the clinic. So an example, uh, an objective may be to have patients wait fewer than five minutes in the reception area before they're roomed. But how will you achieve that? What strategy will you use? So for our objective example of preventing lengthy wait times, maybe you decide that your strategy to achieve this is that the practice will have patients complete a paperwork, their intake paperwork, electronically prior to their arrival at the clinic. Um, what about another example? Um, let's say an objective may be that you want to prevent bottlenecks in the main hallway. You know, that, that area where patients enter the clinical hallway from the reception area, and you add checkout on the right-hand side, and... Um, Right next to that, you have a nursing triage station because that's the first thing your clinical assistant will do. It's stop and take patients' vital sign measurements, right? 
And then two patients walk up to check out and then everyone bunches up in that one spot and then you run the risk of potential HIPAA violations and it just becomes a mess. So your objective is to eliminate that bottleneck. Well, what's your strategy? Maybe you dedicate your uh, smallest exam room for all patient vitals, or maybe vitals are measured in each individual exam room rather than in a central area. Two different strategies, right? But each of these would help eliminate the bottleneck. And know that successful implementation of your strategy may take a little bit of time. So set your due date out a ways, like next month or by the end of the quarter, something that's realistic. And then lastly, at the bottom of your pyramid, you have the individual tasks that you need for or during your strategy. You need to uh, develop and upload electronic paperwork to your website or patient portal. You need to um, write scripts that staff should use when talking to patients about this process. You may need to clean out that small exam room and rearrange the furniture or order more blood pressure cuffs and thermometers to place in each exam room. So all of the individual tasks you need to do to make it happen. So now that you've visually mapped out your plan, what are the specific components that should be included? Now, before I dive in, understand there is no required template or format. And depending on the type of business plan that you are developing, your components may vary. And if you're presenting um, your plan to a financial lender for funding, you may have to meet their specific individual requirements or investors. Uh, may request to have an, an expanded marketing component so that they can fully grasp how you intend to grow a new service line and so on. So for purposes of this discussion moving forward, I'm going to focus on a business plan for starting a new medical practice. The very first section of your plan will be the executive summary. It sounds really formal and high level, right? Well, it kind of is, as it packages all of the following sections together with a big red bow. This is the first section of a business plan, but it is often written last after everything else is thought through and comes together. And this is where you will document your mission statement which really explains why the business plan is needed. Remember, we talked about um, mission statements a little bit earlier. What is it that in the end you want to achieve or do? What's your ultimate goal, your mission? And then your vision. What would you consider to be long-term success? And what are your goals? What achievements do you want to attain for the long-term, specifically in the next one to five years? Executive summaries are typically fairly short, usually say one to one and a half pages, that really gives a clear picture, a big picture overview of your business. And this is a, a great example of when less can be more. Next is an overview of the business aspects. What is your legal establishment? 
incorporation and history. For example, are you incorporated as a professional association, a PA, or as an LLC or PLLC? Are you or will you be privately or publicly held? Do you have a DBA name or a doing business as name? Meaning, instead of advertising your practice as Jane Smith MDPA, will you be operating as Central Texas Pediatrics or maybe Be Well Family Therapy? And then outline the practice's ownership and any financial partners. What are your startup plans? Describe your timeline and initial startup cost as broad categories. Describe how you will utilize your space, uh, the reception area, a lab, consultation room, and private offices. If you have four exam rooms, will all four rooms be outfitted and used as a general treatment room, or will one be a, a dedicated procedure room? Will you be using the guidance of professional advisors like a consultant, attorney, CPA, and an IT, information technology expert? Will you be adding um, additional support staff as your patient panel ramps up and you get um, credentialed with the payers? Will you be accepting and filing insurance and so on? Share how you will be paying for the startup like uh, the financing and purchase of the initial assets will be covered by a conventional loan for medical practices. And you might have those dollar figures presented um, in some sort of chart format to illustrate um, your startup requirements. What types of services will you be providing? Will you be a um, single or multi-specialty? offer uh, chronic care management or preventive medicine services? What about cosmetic services or surgical services? So identify your top three to five service categories and describe them. Do you plan to sell products like a skincare line, um, weight loss products and meals or vitamins and supplements? And be sure to mention your fee range too. Include a description of your brand. For example, is your uh, approach to care holistic or um, focused on total wellness? Will you be seeing patients via walk-ins only or for acute urgent care issues? Will you offer concierge services and be accessible 24 seven and so on? Where will your clinic be located? And is there a benefit to your location? like um, ample parking, easy access from a major cross street or a highway. And that allows for you know, clear street signage and visibility. Is it close to a medical center? Um, if you're a pediatrician, will you be in close proximity to schools or at large residential neighborhoods? What will your office hours be? Will you be offering extended hours in the evenings or on the weekend? Will you have reserved hours for work-ins, um, vaccinations, or sick visits? Will you have days dedicated to surgery or certain hours reserved to make hospital rounds? And then highlight any specific past successes that you've had. Maybe you've been in practice before and quickly grew your patient panel to 
2,000 patients over a period of nine months. Perhaps you're currently with a group starting in solo practice for whatever reason, but you're just moving in a suite elsewhere in the same building and you anticipate that your patients are going to follow you so you won't lose them to distance. Or maybe uh, you might mention growth that you've already experienced through networking and referrals. And if you don't have any past successes, that's okay. You can highlight your um, experience and training. Like maybe you will be the only fellowship-trained Mohs surgeon in a 90-mile radius. That's something to highlight. The next section is one of analyses, and that really gives insight into the market and provides better understanding for your customers. Start this section off by giving an industry overview. Why are you and your business needed? What is the current market population and growth rate? What's the saturation of other physicians of your same specialty? This is really an area where you want to get data and statistics on your side. Perform a, a customer analysis, like where do the majority of the area's population, which are yours, your potential patients, where do they live? Is there an area town that encompasses a large percentage of employers? What's the median household income for your market and, and gender segmentation? If you are in a specialty like um, OB-GYN or plastic surgery, this may be of particularly valuable information for you. What's the age distribution in your market? So if you're a pediatrician, would it make good sense to open your office near Sun City, which is a retirement com community? If you've already been in practice, run a patient demographics analysis report from your practice management system. Who are the major employers of your patients? For example, uh, is a large percentage of your patients teachers and they need appointments after school? Or maybe your patients um, work the night shift at a large plant in the area and they would appreciate early morning appointments when they get off their get off work. From many robust practice management systems, you can also run an appointment analysis report. And this can help you determine which appointment times and days of the week and types of appointments are the most requested and or abandoned. Don't just list all the data and statistics about the market. Be sure to identify who your target market is and how all of this information positively um, reflects or helps your business. And then who are your competitors? What are the strengths and weaknesses of them? And really more importantly, what's your competitive advantage? Now, let me start by clarifying, this doesn't mean you need to operate from a competition mindset. And in fact, I discourage it. But rather, you will get much farther if you focus on collaboration and relationships than if you focus on competing with other practices. But how do you find and identify your competitors? 
One way, especially these days of advanced technology, is by being uh, active on social media. The more active you are on social media, so long as you're sharing content for your niche, the more you'll naturally discover who your potential competitors are. So observe, see who people are talking about, sharing content from or engaging with. Join local groups on different platforms. A couple of examples may be um, Nextdoor and Facebook. Facebook groups are a fabulous place to learn more about your market and competition. You're obviously welcomed and encouraged to participate, but make sure to closely pay attention to what people say, both positive and negative. Pay attention to whom they mentioned and why. What do they like and not like? You can also search for relevant keywords in your browser and see what pops up. This is one of the easiest strategies. So think of keywords that describe your practice or niche. For example, if, um, if you're a pulmonologist, some of your keywords might be trouble breathing or shortness of breath or asthma. When you type in your keywords, whose name, content, and websites pop up first? These very well may be some of your, some of your local competitors. Once you identify who they may be, identify if and how they're interacting with their own patients. So do they offer um, seminars where they speak on particular health-related topics? Do they sponsor local um, youth sports teams? Maybe they offer free add-on services like initial consultations or um, cosmetic services. Do they have some sort of referral campaign, like refer your neighbor or colleague, and if they come in, you'll be entered into a drawing for a movie ticket, something like that. And then perform a referral analysis. Who may be a referring source to your practice? If you're an orthopedic or a sports medicine physician, are there pediatric family medicine and internal medicine practices relatively close by? Who are the local youth sports associations in the area? Which schools are in the area that offer organized team sports? In closely tied to your competitive analysis, you might also have a section that specifically addresses, addresses niche fulfillment. Is there something that you provide that others are not? How are you or what you do different? So identify your passion and sell it. Passion wins through every time. Maybe you offer in-house lab services or on-site x-rays, both of which may be conveniences for patients. Maybe you have the uh, latest cutting edge technology in your office or offer virtual reality headsets for patients to wear during procedures. If you sell products, maybe your practice um, offers uh, to ship products at no additional cost. So what is it that you do that can separate you from others who offer the same or similar services? And then there's an entire marketing section. 
businesses will not survive and thrive unless patients can find you. So first identify who is your target market. Now, how will those patients find you and how will you reach them and share your information? For example, will you have a web page? And by the way, yes, you pretty much have to these days. Will you have a presence on social media or a blog or a podcast or newsletter that addresses different healthcare topics on a, a regular recurring basis? And don't forget about printed materials to hand out. They're not completely outdated, but maybe hand those out on request because those printing costs will add up quickly. But not just materials to hand to patients. Think about uh, printed materials that um, you can provide to re referral sources, along with a plate of baked cookies or a, a basket of fresh fruit. Fruit is always a big hit with practice staff. And make sure your practice signage is clearly uh, marketing your practice invisible on your building or marquee. Talk about your marketing budget. There are all kinds of marketing opportunities from free to low dollar and then ex expensive third party services. So how much are you committing to the marketing of your practice? When? When will you begin marketing your new business and when will you market or introduce new services? So indicate your timing as well. As well as who will lead this Can your practice manager visit referring practices during set times or build a news newsletter or a web page or will that be you or should you contract with a third party to lead this initiative from all this information you can better map out and develop your overall marketing strategy to effectively spread the word of your practice and engage your target audiences by developing patient personas. Now, personas are critical to effective niche marketing. So think about these as you develop and work through your business plan. A, a persona is a fictitious character created to represent patient categories within your practice. And it's realistic to have multiple personas, maybe um, one for each service you offer or the conditions you treat, with one being your primary persona. And each persona is given a name, a profile, and maybe even a picture that reminds you of who you're speaking to or about. So for each persona, Start with a name, age range, and health status of the persona you want to target. But don't make it too detailed or long. It can be a bulleted list. But identify certain demographics that may be important to their care, condition, or lifestyle. What's their current state of health? For um, some diabetics, diabetics, for example, they may need supportive care instead of preventive. What level of knowledge do they have about their condition? Do they frequently need emergency attention? Or what um, healthcare goals and challenges do they have? And then what do they, what do they need? 
This step is critical because it will enable you to know how best to approach each group. So through your marketing research, determine the types of information they are looking for and where they're looking for it. Establish the computer literacy of each persona, meaning there's no point in targeting a largely tech-savvy group with print media, right? So find out how each persona typically gets their information and then design your marketing strategy for your business plan around their information. So live where they live. So a few persona examples for you might be um, Healthy Heather, Chronic Condition Charlie, Non-Compliant Nancy, and a Depressed State. As you plan your business, identify your patient populations one specific to your practice. And know that not every patient will fit neatly into one of those little categories, right? But you you can identify generalized patient groups to help you figure out what the best ways are to reach them and with what information to target them. The bottom line is that it's impossible to treat all highly individual patients the same way. And if you try to, you'll be heading to trouble. The key to growing and thriving a medical practice is to stay in touch with your patients, develop a true understanding of their needs, and then have a sharp focus on serving them. So expressing this in your business plan is very important. Next, you'll have a section of your plan for general business operations. How will you monitor your uh, compliance with regulatory requirements like um, billing, OSHA, HIPAA, et cetera? How will you identify reputable vendors? Who will manage the technology in your office? Meaning, um, outline your plan for network, server, and computer issues and avoid gaps in in business or um, service hours. Who will be responsible for inspecting equipment in the office to make sure they stay in proper working order and so on? And then you might mention some general keys to success. Examples might be, Um, early adoption and implementation of advanced technology to enhance diagnosis of certain cardiac issues and improve treatment outcomes, or um, continual analysis to improve the processes of the office to maximize patient satisfaction. You'll also want to address the company structure. Now, this is typically a fairly small section where you identify who your key stakeholders will be, meaning who will be on your management team or board if you have one, who will be on staff at the time of startup, and what their salaries or hourly rate wages will be. And if you don't know wages just yet, you can say, Their initial salaries will be based on market rates at the time of hire. Or you can provide a table of medium pay per staff member. How many hours each week do you foresee staff working? And what will they be doing or responsible for? So you might specify that your uh, front office coordinator 
will be checking patients in and out as well as managing the uh, revenue cycle functions for the practice. So definitely speak to their value add. And then as the clinic grows, will you be hiring additional staff? So indicate how you see your staff size growing. For example, you might uh, find that due to the amount of patient education provided that you plan to bring on an additional clinical assistant to take on the role of teaching patients how to administer certain uh, treatments or home care. And lastly, financials. Having a financial performa is critical, if not the most important piece of your business plan. You'll want to reiterate how you plan to fund your practice. The financial performa is typically an eight to 10 page document where you document basic assumptions, which is a summary of things like um, anticipated staffing and salaries, your salary, at medical liability costs, space and build-out costs, and at charges and collection, those, those percentages. This is information or expenses from which your entire financial performer will be based. Then you should have all of your anticipated startup costs, which includes you know, furniture, supplies, and equipment, fees, and professional advisors, and general business um, expenses. So all the things you need to open your doors. You'll also need three years of estimated monthly operating expenses, as well as three years of revenue projections. Once you have those numbers and build it out, what does it look like when you factor in your total loan amount and a line of credit? And What's your break-even analysis, meaning at what month do you expect to be in the black, bringing in more money than what you're actually spending? So what does your cash flow look like over time? And include how you will measure your actual performance and what your plan is for making adjustments. For example, what if you do not end up finding lease space for the price per price per square foot that you anticipated in your plan. Instead of $25 per square foot, let's say your market demands $32 per square foot. That's a difference of $7, and at 2,000 square feet, that's an underestimate of nearly $15,000, right? So what if you ended up contracting space um, at that higher rate, that also requires a triple net of $6 per square foot, something you didn't anticipate or budget for. So now your price per square foot goes from an anticipated $25 per square foot to $32, and now including triple net, it's a total of $38 per square foot. So you can see the grave importance of your financial plan. And look, don't worry. If this is all a bit overwhelming and not something you feel you can undertake, there are professional advisors that can help you pull all of this together, like TMA Practice Consulting or other consultants, and your CPA can certainly help um, with the financial aspects. Lastly, some tips to help you get started. 
Before you start writing, create a SWOT analysis. This will help you identify the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats to your business, and ultimately help you decide, is this venture even a good idea? Do your research, extensive research and in advance. Don't wait until the 11th hour of the day before your plan is due or it will be presented to get your ducks in a row. And don't be afraid to ask for advice. Get input from trusted uh, industry leaders, professional advisors like your consultant, attorney, CPA, and tap into your colleagues and ask about their experiences or how they did something or what would they do differently. Assemble important documents and reports ahead of time, like your personal and business financial statements, your current charges, revenue, and productivity numbers if you've been in practice before, your licenses, certificates, and your CV. Set aside reserved time, time that you can dedicate your total focus your undivided attention to your writing. And in your writing, stay away from first person like I am or we are and so on. Write it from the audience's perspective. Make sure that your intent and assumptions are clearly conveyed. So keep it concise. Don't be wordy. Leave out those filler words. Bullet points for list can be good and can add emphasis. So remember, having a really high word count is not a good thing or helpful if your thoughts are lost in those words. So get straight to the point. And proofread. Even if you think you're a really good writer, ask for few people to read your plan. One, for content, and then two, with a critical eye for errors and clarity. After you've been working on something, especially a really big document like this, for any length of time, it becomes easy to miss your own errors. Be realistic. Being optimistic is great as long as you remain realistic at the same time. Don't embellish or overproject. Unrealistic statements or inflated financial projections are a turnoff to lenders, investors, or partners and can easily set you up to fail. It's okay to use a template to help you get started, but don't let it be your end all. Avoid just answering questions or filling in the available blanks. So personalize your plan to you, your experience, your mission and vision. And once written, add visuals to support your words, meaning oftentimes, depending on the topic or section, you can provide summations of ideas or data with your words and then add visual aids for further support and provide a true breakdown of those details. And lastly, use your plan as a living document. Be responsive to what's actually happening and revise your plan according to fluctuations in the market or patient trends, your actual expenses. 
This wraps up the time we have for today's program. I hope this information and these tips will help you visualize and bring to fruition your plans that will help you best care for patients. Like and follow TMA Practice Well to receive more episodes. Until next time, stay well. To claim CME, go to www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O. Register for your podcast and follow the instructions to claim CME.